Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grosick. It's a great pleasure to welcome for the first time to Viewpoints, Julia Keady, who's the founder of uh, and CEO of the X Factor Collective. Um, Julia is also a facilitator, an MC, a mum, a writer, a speaker, and uh, actually, in her own words, off air, Tommy, a bit of a rabble rouser. But we'll find <laughs> about that in a moment. Reset Twenty National Impact and Need Research Study has been a major focus of Julia's work uh, as the CEO of the X Factor Collective this year, and it's uh, come up with some very fascinating uh, findings, which we'll talk about in a minute. But firstly, welcome to Viewpoints, Julia Keady. Good morning, Henry. Thank you so much for inviting me here. It's a real pleasure. Oh, the pleasure's ours too, Julia. And firstly, as I said off air, I'd just like to congratulate you on uh, on the wonderful work you're doing, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but uh, I, I thought I'd start at uh, a point that says the turning point for Julia Keady came during a two-year career sabbatical working on super yachts in Alaska, the Caribbean and Mediterranean, <laughs> ask her about four weeks with Harvey Weinstein. I thought that might be a good starting point. I'll let you uh, <laughs> tell the story. <laughs> oh, listen, it's, um, yeah, sabbatical was a, a word that I was trying to work out. What what word do you describe when you just need to do something different with your life and, and have a look around the world? So <laughs> sabbatical sounded um, like a, a very conservative way of describing that. But then you see Harvey Weinstein in the same um, sentence and you think, well, hang on, what's going on there? <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, I'm a Gippsland girl originally, so um, up and down that highway through Berwick many, many times over the last 40-odd years, and I, I left school quite early and started my career quite early. So by the time I was 27, I was, felt like I was about 45 and needed a, a you know, having a midlife crisis, so I ended up um, having a break and went and worked in super yachting. Um, just thought it was going to be a 12-month thing, and it turned into a bit longer than that, and so the world of super yachting is the mega rich and famous, and you see them on the covers of all the um, all the women's magazines that you see in the hair, hair salons, um, and and the you know movie stars jumping off the back of fifty million dollar yachts. That that's super yachting, um, and I lived in around that world for um, close to three years. Actually, I did two two big stints. Um, and got to travel through about 30 countries and, and meet some fascinating people. Um, but the turning point there was I, I knew I didn't want to go back to what I was doing beforehand and, and, and I sort of asked the universe at that time, could it conspire to try and help me work out what I was going to be doing next? And the next people that I started working with were um, very heavily involved in philanthropy and venture philanthropy um, in around Seattle area. So... Um, I had the great honour to start to learn more about how the world worked from from that perspective and that got me sort of interested in the whole social change space and here I still am. Mm, absolutely. Now... Um We'll move to the. Ex- I, did, I didn't talk about didn't talk about Harvey then, but maybe that could be another interview. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I that do. could be. Actually, <laughs> um, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people, Julia. That when someone says you can't do something, I remember when I was a little kid. I was about ten. I never mm. understood it. My mum was talking to someone. And they asked something about me, and mum said, "Henry's one of those uh, children that if you." 
rule a line on the ground, he'll cross it. If you don't, he won't bother. Um, so when I was reading uh, your bio, <laughs> it did say, well, firstly, it did say, ask about Harvey Weinstein. Well, I didn't get an answer, yeah. but I've got another interview out of you. <laughs> and the other one is, don't get her started about Archimedes. Wow, that's oh, like a moth to the fire. <laughs> Tell oh, me about Archimedes. <laughs> Oh, no, isn't that bizarre? I've run a couple of workshops where I help people understand the power of leverage and using leverage within the work that you do. And I'm constantly astounded that um, not enough people understand the principles of leverage and how you can use leverage. um, And really a collective, which is what we've built, is one manifestation of leverage. Um, When you think about, you know, basic things like clustering together, coming together, the the leverage that you can get within coming together is quite profound and you would see that in your work all the time. Um, It's not one plus one equals two. It's, you know, two plus two equals ten. And so, um, yeah, I'm probably a little bit of a nerd on that front. I remember sort of one day just someone asked me about leverage and then I just went, actually, I'm going to go and read up on it. And so I got really interested in Archimedes and I got really interested in the science behind it. And, um, yeah, so I've done a few presentations and coached a few organisations around the different ways that they can um, think about leverage within their organisations. And when I say organisations, you know, we're sort of here within the social purpose sector. And so uh, a lot of organisations running off the smell of an oily rag. So, you know, you need to be creative and you need to think about how you can actually, you know, get the results that you want for the community that you serve um, and sometimes it's it's just coming back to some basic principles of, you know, putting a bit of leverage in there. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Archimedes and everything he taught us. Absolutely. Now, the X Factor Collective, you're the founder and CEO, and being the founder, it's, um, it's a bit like I was the founding principal of this school. There's something yeah. special about starting something, so it obviously means an awful lot to you. The X Factor Collective mm-hmm. now, reading the mm-hmm. website, it's an Australian impact enterprise with a mission to reduce burnout and improve well-being in social change makers. Can you elaborate? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, so it, it comes from years of, of seeing some of the ways in which we work in the sector, and that's um, people running organisations, but also um, some of the uh, consultants and small businesses that work within the sector as well. And I have worn many hats in the sector over the last 10, 12 years. Um, And what I was starting to see was um, a lot of people feeling isolated in their work, a lot of people not knowing where to turn to for support and advice, wearing all of those hats, it pertained to everybody. Um, I saw a lot of practices over the time that just sort of didn't end up serving us very well and not that I can come in and fix a lot of the systemic problems um, that we have but I thought well maybe we might just start making inroads into some of the things that we could do and so the first thing that we wanted to do with the collective was make first of all make a little bit of a home for all of the really talented small businesses and solo consultants that work in our sector that often are overlooked for the great skills and expertise that they bring um, to the sector. Um, And in doing so, by bringing them together, it gave them opportunities to connect, gave them opportunities to collaborate, gave them opportunities not to have to build out a big consultancy to be noticed in the sector, which is a, you know, pathway to burnout, um, and being able to collaborate together and support each other. 
in doing and then in doing that I thought actually we could solve another problem in our sector which is then we actually have a trusted community of great people and we put them all through a bit of a vetting process and 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 it attracts very like-minded um, like-hearted people anyway um, but what it's doing is it's making it a lot easier for organization leaders in our sector to know where to go to find people that have got lived experience who are really good at what they do and can help them, you know, achieve what it, whatever it is that they need. So that's across, you know, it could be something to do with HR or IT or governance or marketing or whatever it might be that they need help with. Um, we're building out that community to be there for them, um, you know, throughout their, you know, throughout the year. Um, so we've been just testing these little, little, you know, just kind of looking at the way that we work and seeing if we can, you know, work a bit smarter, not harder. And, and then do, is that actually helping? Is that helping, you know, improve people's wellbeing? Um, because for many social change makers, it's not negotiable that we work here. We don't just sort of go, oh, actually, I'm going to go do good in the world and I'll just do that for a year and see how that pans out. Once once you're kind of here doing good in the world, it, it's not negotiable to go anywhere else. And so I believe that you know I've got a, I've got a, an opportunity to to be able to say hey I think there's some ways that we can um, do things a bit differently a bit better and ultimately um, you know serve serve us um, as the change makers who want to be here every day. Mm, it's a it's a very worthy worthy goal and too often we forget the people who are out there trying to help other people you know they need that support too when you take oh, a short totally. yeah. you, you take a short break um, Julie can you hold the line when we come back I'd love to talk mm -hmm. about the, the the reset 2020 national impact and need research study which you delivered with the support of the equity trustee sector capacity building fund can you hold the line love to thanks Henry Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grussick, in the middle of a discussion with Julia Keady, the founder-CEO of the X Factor Collective. Welcome back, Julia. Thanks, Henry. Now, the Reset 2020 National Impact and Need Research Study, which you've just released, um, fascinating findings, and some of them uh, uh, give us uh, reason for concern. You might like to tell us a bit about the history of that and what we've discovered. Thanks, Henry. Yes, well, the National Impact Plus Need Research Study has certainly been um, a huge project this year and something that we didn't anticipate that we would be leading with quite a number of sector organisations and sector partners this year. Um, but I think everyone can look back on 2020 and feel the same, that there's been some projects and some things that have come about because of the pandemic. Um, and certainly what where it started was when the Grand Prix was cancelled, actually, and I sat down that night on the 13th of March and I thought to myself, this is not going to fare well. This is not going to be good. If the Grand Prix is cancelled and our sector, um, the not-for-profit sector, has a huge reliance on fundraising and a lot of that comes through events. So automatically I was like, this is going to be really, really tough, not knowing what this pandemic was going to be. Mm. So immediately I thought, well, we're a collective of very, very talented um, subject matter specialists and we've got amazing organisations and clients that we work with, we could actually showcase some really inspiring and positive stories of how organisations are dealing with the dealing with the change and then we could share some tips and advice from some of our specialists who are out there in the trenches every day, right, helping organisations. 
So we automatically rallied and went, we can do this. Actually, what we need to do, though, is we need to track and understand what is the impact on organisations at different times throughout the year so we can adequately respond. And and that within a week, um, uh, equity trustees jumped on board, um, Philanthropy Australia, Fundraising Institute of Australia, the ACNC, the charity regulator, 25 partners in a week said, yep, we're behind you, go do that, that's amazing. And what we were able to do very quickly was was get a survey out into the sector um, by April, which was um, record speed at that time, um, to start to understand what was happening holistically for organisations, for small organisations, medium and large. Um, and we were asking them across a number of areas around the impact on financials, you know, what level of reserves did they have, what was happening to their workforce, to volunteers, um, what was ha- what were the impacts on service delivery, whole range of questions. And so um, because we are collaborative by nature and that's who we are as a collective, we knew that this research would live well beyond what we could do with it from a programming point of view. So um, it's really been great this year that all of the findings from the two surveys that we've run are now being used in a lot of very... Um, you know, a lot of very important um, decision-making tables <laughs> at the moment um, to to help understand, you know, what, what other supports the sector might need. So that's a, a great privilege to know that it's being used um, in, in big sort of um, top end of town decisions, Henry. Um, yes. But for us, um, it, the second survey, the one that we've just recently launched um, this last week, started to give us some um, probably what we care about the most um, at the collective, which is around well-being, and we spent a lot more time thinking about the questions we wanted to ask in the second survey to understand well-being. And that's <clears throat> this is some of the findings that would be great to share with you as well, just so we're we're on top of what's happening from a burnout point of view um, in the sector. Mm, yeah, well-being. If you the well-being of your people is at risk, uh, everything else ultimately falls apart. Just checking through the yeah. snapshot of the findings of the one we're talking about, there's there's cause for concern in terms of uh, well-being issues. You might like to elaborate. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, there's the cumulative impact. So um, a lot of social purpose organisations started the year. <clears throat> off the back of bushfires, floods and fires, um, and and drought, sorry. So there was a lot of exhaustion coming into the pandemic year, and that's really important to note. Um, the, the first two months of this year, a lot of organisations will say that we thought we were dealing with a once-in-a-lifetime um, catastrophe with the bushfires, and... And, and, and it's funny to even think back, right, that there was actually that, that huge catastrophe at the start of the year. And, and then on top of that, we had the pandemic. <clears throat> so what happens, what's been happening for organisations in the last couple of months is the demand for services has gone through the roof. So we've got an increase in, in um, demand for services. The last couple of months, a lot of organisations, one in four organisations, haven't been able to tap into their volunteer base which is a huge part of how many organisations run, having access to the volunteers, and you would know that Mm. um, with with the school environment as well, um, Henry. Um, Financial reserves, so a lot of organisations haven't been able to tap into a rainy day fund because they might not have one. 
and income for some organisations, some rural-based organisations have lost up to 75% of their income. And across the board, um, most organisations have lost up to 50% of their income. So you start to sort of have these sort of, this sort of um, a bit of a recipe happening uh, long, and people working longer hours than ever before. And so it's not surprising, and everyone says it's not surprising that everyone's not feeling great, um, but what we now have for the first time in our sector is wellbeing indicators. We've asked people how they were feeling across seven indicators pre-pandemic and how are they feeling on those seven areas now. Um, and what's happening now is up to half of the people who responded are either always or mostly feeling that they're not taking good care of themselves, that they're feeling exhausted and overwhelmed. And that is not a good picture to finish the year um, or to indeed start a new year with half, half of those respondents feeling that way always or most of the time. Um, so these are the things as a, as a community that we, we really need to be on top of. Absolutely. Um, and you do f um, flag that in moving forward, and it's probably true of all organisations, <clears throat> uh, Julia, COVID's given us, well, both a set of challenges but also opportunities and <laughs> rethinking how that sector works is going to have to be part of the the, the solution to those challenges. Um, you might like to comment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One of the really strong themes that came through, and it feels like we're, it feels like in some respects we're giving a voice um, to the voices in the research. And, and, and what it sort of felt like it was saying was we can't go back. Um, we can't go back to the old way of doing things. And interestingly, we didn't know how people would respond to this one question, but interestingly we asked, um, you know, did they think that any of the pre-existing constraints in the sector or pre-existing ways of working, did they think that any of that was leading to some of these, um, some of the mental health and wellbeing challenges for those who work in the sector? We had no idea what people were going to say, right? And, and I cried when I, when I saw it and I also smiled because I went, this is, this is what we need. We need to be able to show this data to say things have to change. 80% of people came back and said yes, that the pre-existing ways of working and constraints in the sector, more so than COVID, were what was contributing to this now. So we've got this real opportunity now to be able to say, all right, you know, there's a lot of people that are feeling this way. There's a lot of people who feel very voiceless and powerless to do anything, but we've got an opportunity to put this forward and say, hey, as we move forward, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, but as we move forward, you know, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about some of those things that don't serve us. Um, and one of the big ones is funding uncertainty. And I um, can probably feel a lot of people nodding their heads right now as they're listening to this. And, <laughs> you know, it's like we, we kind of live within this, you know, and you know this, you, you live within this constant sort of mild anxiety of funding anxiety. You know, are we going to get funding for the community pantry next year? Um, are we going to get, be able to get this money to run this program next year? You know, it's this is the space that we live in, which is very, very different and, and to other sectors. 
Absolutely, Julia, and uh, couldn't have put it better myself. There's so many, <laughs> so many, so many factors that can create anxiety and stress, and of course, anxiety is a, an issue that I think is bedeviling the community at large. Time's run out, Julia. We we could have gone on and on. You're a fascinating organisation. I love the the title, the X Factor Collective, because we're <laughs> we're always attracted to the X Factor in people yeah. and organisations. So, and the work you've done, and I look forward to catching up with you on the the future work you're doing and uh, if you don't do the research you're just stabbing in the dark on solutions so congratulations on what you're doing thank you so much henry and thanks for the opportunity to share this and and for everyone to just sort of be aware of of their own well-being and the well-being of others at this time i think is really key Absolutely. Uh, that was Julia Keady, the founder and CEO of the X Factor Collective. Uh, they recently released study, the Reset 2020 National Impact and Need Research Study. Uh, we'll take a short break. Listeners, don't go away. 